Alright, good afternoon ladies and gentlemen to everyone listening to this episode. I'm sure you guys clicked on this because you guys are interested in to become a businessman or businesswoman or you guys are interested in entrepreneurship. And maybe you guys are even interested to start your own businesses in the future. So this episode is definitely for you guys. And we just like to remind everyone that we had an episode um, just released a few minutes ago. Uh, it's the Clubhouse Sports episode where we played golf. And if you guys are interested in sports or in golf, then watch that episode. It's a really fun one. But if you guys are new here to the Clubhouse, you're in the right place if you want to become successful, receive free mentorship about the various industries from top-tier professionals, and reach all your dreams. Here at the Clubhouse, we delve deeper into the lives of successful individuals in different career paths and how you can do the same. So welcome to the Clubhouse, where successful people are born and made to inspire others. Before we begin, I just want to let uh, remind everyone. I want to remind everyone to subscribe to our YouTube and listen to our Spotify. And my name is Miguel Mendoza. And I'm Zach Pena. So today, as always, I'm very excited for our special guest. He is a chairman at Laborum. He is also the CEO of Act Media Philippines. He's a president at Red Basket and many more. He's also the chairman of Endeavor Philippines. He is also overseeing six operating companies. He has invested in over 100 companies globally. He currently has 11 mentees. He is currently also chairing two nonprofit organizations and he is incubating two startups. So yeah, everybody, please welcome Jason Ko. Hi, Jason. Hi. Hello, everyone. Uh, good to see you, Zach. Good to see you, Miguel. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. So as always, as how we start off our episodes, we want to know what's your journey, what's your story for you specifically in entrepreneurship and with business? Okay, that's a great question. How much time do you guys have? Um <laughs> I think if I think back to it, it started with my father. Um, so my father never finished college, right? He he started, he actually started in Ica because there was no Savior school then. And then when Savior opened, all the boys from Ica moved to Savior, right? He was a scholar, uh, grew up in a sari sari store. Then my, my Lola, uh, or in Chinese, my ama, would push a fruit cart, right? And my father grew up there. And the two people I know in this world who can actually peel a fruit without breaking the skin, and, and the, whether it's a pineapple or an apple or so on, are, are them. They try to pass it on down to me, but unfortunately, I do not have that skill set. So watching my father grow up and uh, watch him go from being a you know non-college grad to working in a company, and then climbing that up from starting like a low rank to becoming sales, head of sales, eventually heading the company and becoming an owner was incredibly inspirational for me. Um, so I remember us in grade five, and then there was this question, like they made us write an essay. They said, what do you want to be when you grow up? Kind of, kind of that question, right? And I remember I wrote there, I wanted to be a businessman. And it's word na entrepreneur, it's harder to spell, right? So businessman. <laughs> uh, and I remember when I got to third year college, uh, it was a class in Ateneo, Father Candelaria, a business management class. Again, the question was asked at the start of the, the, the SEM. And similar question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I answered the same thing. 
this time I used an entrepreneur. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And in fact, I want to have three businesses, right? And then the question, my thinking then was, if I have one and something goes wrong, I have another. And I have a third one, you know, you never know, right? Always, yeah. always, always bet in threes, right? So that you have, you have options. So I think growing up, it's always been something I wanted to do. Just watching my father do it. I wanted to also have my own journey. I felt it was very important that I can be my father's son rather than, rather than be my father's employee. And I'd rather have a father uh, than, than a boss. So today I, I have a pretty good, I have a great relationship with my father. I call him for advice. If I get stuck, I need help. I don't call for approvals. You know, I call for advice and, you know, he mentors me in a lot of ways. And then growing up, I, you know, I guess I feel everybody has, whether it's Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Ma or Bill Gates. Um, even growing up, I had my own insecurities. Um, wasn't really very friendly in grade school. I remember a span of one or two years. I didn't even really have any friends. I would just hide in the chapel during breaks. And that's actually where I discovered, oh, I think I can have a relationship with God here. He's here for me, right? And then going into college, um, you know, I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I started my first business in, in Ateneo. I, I remember um, I started selling belts with the weave belts. I started getting Uso. So buy low, sell high, right? I found someone who made it, sold it for a premium. Started making jackets, shorts for clubs, right? For, for organizations. Neckties was my big thing. I noticed that a lot of seniors and juniors had to do a lot of presentations. And the, the only game in town back then was Marks and Spencer. It was really expensive. It was like 1,200. And I remember going to, driving my mom to caroling. I don't sing, I can't sing to save my life. If I had to, I'd be better. <laughs> I remember driving my mom to caroling and one of the houses we went to was a tie maker and he was making neckties for Schumann, right? And I remember asking him, and some of the ties were nice, right? And at that time, like I said, the reputation of Schumart was murasha. It wasn't, it wasn't a cool thing to wear a SM necktie in school, right? So I asked him, can I buy neckties from you? And um, can, I, can I put my own brand? So he said, yeah, sure, go ahead. So I bought it for 50 bucks. And I sold it in school for 250. Right. And I just changed the brand. It's exactly the same tie you're going to find in Schumart. I just changed the brand. And I remember asking him, if I have a tie that I can't sell and it's good condition, can I replace it with another tie? He goes, sure. So basically, I remove the risk. right? And that's what I believe entrepreneurship is about. A lot of people think or define entrepreneurship to be dapat matapang ka. Dapat, it's like jumping off a cliff and assembling your parachute on the way down. I don't know if you ever heard that, right? I actually strongly believe that being an entrepreneur is about risk reduction. It's about trying to figure out the easiest path to get there with the least risk that, you know, that you're going to be exposed to. So I think that was my first time I ever created anything close to an arbitrage where if I didn't, couldn't sell it, I could just return it and change it for something else. And the second lesson I learned from selling neckties in college 
was that I remember there were two or three neckties that was really just ugly, like just like it's a joke. And I don't know what prompted it. So I picked it up and I put it in the stack up there. I had a, I had a bag, right? Like a, a tash bag. And I opened it up and there you go, these you know, nice ties and two or three really ugly ties. And I don't know if you can guess what happened, Zach and Miguel. I started selling more ties. And my lesson there is because there, kung walang pangit, walang maganda. You know, because these were just so bad looking, so ugly. It was a joke. It made everything else look so much better. And it was just so much easier to pick a tie. Oh my God, not that. I'm going to get this one. That was, an, that was a crazy lesson as well, right? Learning it early. So anyway, so, and then I entered the stock market when I was a junior. Um, then I graduated. And when I graduated, I was like, what am I going to do now? I, I, I don't know what business to start. I don't really have capital. A lot of the money I made, I used up to go out and go on dates and, you know, just have a good, good life. And I saved quite a bit, but I also didn't have enough substantially to start a business. Right. Um, so I decided that I was going to work corporate. So I, my first job was in advertising. I, I worked there for about three or four months and then I moved to um, marketing. So I joined Unilever for about five years and I worked here and in China. And then I, after that, I joined uh, M&A, mergers and finance for, for then on. My job was to look for companies to buy in Asia, uh, particularly Philippines and Vietnam. Right? So I felt that was my master's program. I had advertising, I had marketing, and I had finance as my pillars. And then from there, I, I just one of those things, right? Like I kept always, I always had a notebook in the, you know, in my in my back pocket, like ideas, right? I remember if I wanted to, I wanted to have a business, like you know, you know, like the subret of New York before someone came here. And I want, I remember I, I named it Doggy Bag, right? And it's just ideas like that, right? <laughs> wanted to be in game, like the, the missionaries of this world. And always that, right? Always writing. And then, you know, fate, um, I don't know if you've heard this before, but you know how everyone says, oh, I got lucky, right? So my definition of luck is actually, it's actually three things. It's a combination of chance, um, skill, and hard work, right? So it was just one of those moments where I went to a party. This guy just talked to me and said, hey, I got this startup. Uh, do you want to join? So when I reviewed this, at this random, like he just, hey, Jason, how are you doing? It's been a while. I got the startup I, now that you're here, right? So there's the chance. There was the opportunity. And then I would hard work. I went into it. I kind of studied it. And I go, right? And then I remember I was married already. Um, my wife was pregnant and we were gonna have our eldest child, Joanna. Um, and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is a good time to do this. I was 25, 26 years old. Should I do this? So I remember, so again, entrepreneurship for me is about risk reduction. I remember talking to three headhunters, right? Saying, okay, guys, I'm gonna embark on this startup. If this doesn't work in 48 months, can you get me a job? Still, right? Can you, can you make sure I'm still employed? And they said, Jason, matagal yung 48 months. Baka 12 months lang, one year, I can still get you a job. 
Ako, 12 months? Pwede na ba yun? Baka kulang. So, so anyway, we we agreed to 18 months. Two of them said yes, the other one said there's no way, it's too long. So I took that, parang may baon ako, di ba? So plan B, right? Plan B, plan C. So I did it. I did the, I did the, I joined the startup, uh, which is called Act Media. That was 26 years ago. And it worked out. Uh, on the fifth year, I decided to, so anyway, between, between that, I actually went back to teaching Ateneo. Right, um, I taught seniors on their second set because I felt like that was probably going to be the one that's going to make the biggest impact on, you know, where they work. And so I taught I taught brand management, which which is really could be anything, right? Um, and I I remember going to a meeting in Unilever, right? And and I remember that they made me wait one hour in the lobby, right? I'm always friends with guards, right? And and when I go there, I have reserved parking. It's so hard to get parking there. But the guard just says, hey, And then after one and a half hours of waiting downstairs, I finally went up. When I got up, assistant brand manager, 24, 25 years old, I kept presenting, right? My laptop, click, 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 PowerPoint. And then she kept looking at me and saying, sir? I go, oh my God, why is this client calling me sir? Right? I think at that point, I was 32 years old. You should do that. He goes, do you remember me? I go, oh my God, you know, you look so familiar, I can't place it. She goes, sir, I was your student. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and then this happened again and again. And I think after the end time, and actually that, that time it happened, she was assistant brand manager of Closer. I wish I could remember her name because she was very instrumental in my life, right? So luck again, uh, chance, hard work and skill. So I decided, I went, I went home and I told my wife what happened. And I said, I think I'm going to hire a GM. This can't keep happening. It might be bad for business. Because one of the guys I met, and he was now in Pure Foods, came up to me and said, sir. So every time someone says, I go, oh my God, here we go again. Do you remember me? I was your student. I go, yes, 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 yes. Really tall guy, plus six one. He said, sir, you gave me a C. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> In words, what am I supposed to say now? Can you book as a client? Or... So I, I told my wife, I think this has to stop, right? So that's when I decided to hire GM, right? After five years of running it. And then my wife said, what are you going to do? Right? So in almost Dr. Evil kind of way, I said, anything. Right? So I, that's what happened. I hired a, 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 someone from a batch below me at the nail also. His name is JV. And he did much better than me. He grew the business even more than I grew the business. So we were growing, during my time, we were growing like two, 300% year in year. And he got it growing at three, 400% year in year, which is crazy, right? So I, for the first three, four months, had nothing to do. I remember by one time, I went to work and he said, Jason, can I talk to you? I go, sure. What's up? He said, can we go to your room? I go, no, serious. I go, sure, let's go. And he said, can I ask for a favor? Can you stop attending the meetings? It's like, what? He said, I'm the GM. You're there. You're the parang sino kakausapin nila, magulo. So even going to the office, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I'm 33, 34 years old. What am I like? So I, got, I had free time. So what else am I supposed to do? I started other businesses. 
which led to another, which led to another, which led to another. So bringing me to where I am today, I have sold uh, three companies. Um, I oversee six operating companies. I used to invest in startups, but I've learned the hard way that um, it's a numbers game. There's just so many elements that go in a startup from the entrepreneur to the timing, to the MVP, to the pivoting, to the just the market force. There's just so many things. Not everything is easy to control and I can't control as a investing. I, I, they don't work for me, right? And, and I don't want I can't handle too many people anyway. So I've outsourced my uh, investing in companies to two, two groups, now one in Singapore and one in the US. And then in turn, they're the ones who invest for me. And it's a numbers game. That's why it, it got to over a hundred companies because we, we, the, the total fund, which is in the millions and millions of dollars, invest in yeah, a lot of companies in the hope that about seven or eight or nine or 10 of them get the home run and then we get their multiples in return. So that's kind of where I am now. I, I, my, my deliver, so I don't run any company. Uh, every business we have, we either have a managing director, a managing partner, or a GM or a COO. And then I just work with, with the heads. You know, yeah, the, the, your story about the necktie, it actually reminded me of what I was doing in grade 10. I remember there was this, like during when I was grade 10 that year, um, the champion apparel, are you familiar with that? Yeah, the champion apparel. It wasn't here in the Philippines. And then I remember everybody wanted like champion socks, champion clothes. And then there was this one opportunity where I went to Japan with my family for a vacation. Then I saw a champion, like a champion store there. It was cheaper and people would buy it here for way more. So I remember I started messaging my class group chats, the batch group chats. I was asking, does anyone want? And then I started, and so much people actually wanted to buy a champion. So I was like, well, it's very cheap here. I can bring it to the Philippines. So I started to um, buy some socks, buy some clothes, and I sold it to like my batchmates here. It was a really fun journey as well. So that reminded your story reminded me of what I was doing great. Yeah. yeah. I I'm sure it gave you yeah. energy. Yeah. And then from there, I kept, you know, the energy, it kept me going, going, going. So it was a really fun experience. Yeah. Um, for me, like your, your story is very inspiring, but I'm just really curious to know, like, is it really doable to be able to balance and sort a lot of things out at the same time? Because that's what I'm currently experiencing. I am currently freelancing for graphic design. I also do modeling on the side. I have this podcast. Um, I'm also planning <laughs> to start a business. But then when I ask people for advice, they would tell me, some would say it's best to focus on just one thing. The other people would tell me, you're still young. It's best to do a lot of things so you'll know what you're passionate about. What would be your take on that? So uh, two things come to mind, Zach. One is uh, if you if there's a saying, if you chase two rabbits, both will likely get away, right? And the other one that comes to mind is how do you eat an elephant, right? Um, one bite at a time. So I got to where I am, not in one go. Um, so first it was one company, then I got a GM. Then I started fiddling around, then we created another company, then got a GM. Right, and, and the gaps there are a couple of years from each one to the next, right? 
So I, I, I do, I'm a believer in focus. I think I can only hold one steering wheel at any given time. And I, I, I better be really good at driving that car when I'm holding that steering wheel until I'm ready to pass it off to somebody who's probably going to be as good or even better than, than me driving that car. So I'm a fan of focus. It's, it's good to expose uh, ourselves to other things. So I kind of dabble in little things, here, but I have my priority, right? And, and my deliverable to our group is I start one new business every year. That's why I'm working on two startups. Hopefully they both make it, but maybe only one will make it, right? I don't know. Um, so I don't run the companies. I just work with the managing parts and they report to me and I meet with them once a week or twice a week. That's it. And the rest of the time I'm free. Right. So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, I think yeah, it I think it really um depends on the person's perspective as well. Especially because we're young. Of course, we want to try a lot of things. So but it also depends on your goals and objectives. I think other people also have a similar, you know, scenario now. So I think that's my advice also. But in, I have a question in terms of like startups. Let's say um, an individual wants to raise funding. Let's say around A, around B funding. What are your tips in terms of like getting that type of funding? Round A, round B, ka nakagad. Wala kaman sa family and friends or the, the seed round. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. How much time do you guys have? <laughs> when you get into business, because it matters what your objective is. And in fact, um, Miguel, in life. Before, before, uh, before I do anything, I, I really need to figure out what's my objective, right? And like when you guys, what I really appreciate with, with Zach, Miguel, what you guys did is you told me what your objective of this podcast is, which is to help people as they journey in different aspects or different fields, which helps me understand, okay, this is what I need to do. So it's always good to understand what's your objective when you start a business. Are you there to gain experience? Are you there because you want to make money right away? Are you there because you want to be exposed in industries that could lead to other things? So that really matters, right? Every time you fundraise, you lose a little bit of your shares. Yeah. And it could get to a point where you will have to, you know, non-controlling to a point where non-controlling. And then what? What's your so what's your exit? Like what do you want to happen? So there there's the type of businesses where it's you know you want to own it because these are the generational businesses because it's making money and you just keep growing it and owning it and owning it and you own pretty much either all of it or majority of it right and then there's the startup naman the second type which is let's build this so we can sell it so we need to have the right VCs come in we need to have the right partners coming in and we need to build this story so that we can be sexy enough for companies A, B, and C. Yeah. <laughs> what really matters, what your objective is. So if you want to go the second route, then you got to design it in such a way where you're attracting the right people. And you know, Miguel, there's good money and there's bad money, uh, but that's another conversation. So I'm not going to go into that. I love that. Yeah, but then let's, let's move back a bit from the funding um what i'd like to ask is when would you know that your idea for a business is good because well from my research i know that technology is 
booming in our generation and there's so much innovation involved with technology you can do so much and it's barely explored yet so how do you know if an idea is good you should start it because some people also say an idea is good if you're passionate about it or if you if you love doing it but at the same time you know it might not be right for the market now like what you said the timing might be wrong yeah great question so the way the way we tackle that is we test and then we test and then after that we test and then after that we test and we keep testing until we get to 100 million 200 300 million right um so again my definition of entrepreneurship is all about risk reduction so we'll our first test we'll try it with about 10 20 people see what happens if that works or we come up with a 2.0 now we'll test it with 50 people and see what happens then we'll improve it again or okay let's go back to drawing board right and let's start with another with another we'll pivot we'll go somewhere else we'll do a 1.0 again and then from the 2.0, if it works, from 50, we'll, let's try it with a couple of hundred, maybe 500. And if that works, it's going to get a life of its own name. And then it will, well, sometimes you can't stop it because people are going to hear about it. Right. But, test, test, test. but let's say the, this person starting his business or her business just got out of college. So he or she doesn't really have you know, that plethora or that amount of money to do all these testing. So what would be your advice for that? Well, it's it's a hard question to answer, uh, Zach, because it depends on what the business in and how business is and how much money is needed. Or is there a creative way to create an MVP, uh, minimum viable product in, in a, you know, in a, in a way that you're collaborating with someone, but you're going to pay them once X and Y are met. There's always a way, right? Um, there's always family and friends, right? That are there's always you can all, you can either raise money through family and friends, you can also raise money through borrowing, right? Or you know, Tito, I'll borrow from you, I'll pay you back, I promise. Pinky swear, right? <laughs> or, or you fundraise from professionals, right? I I'm a fan. Zach of so like there, I mean the the stories of like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg drop out of college go you can do it are great great stories right and they're sexy what a what a yeah. wow yeah. right the reality is they're probably one in a hundred million so if if you or at the other people if you're that one in a hundred million you gotta you gotta go that wrong right i'm not all right i i need time to figure things out and i'm uh and there are two types of uh, for me uh zach there are two types of entrepreneurs there's the home run hitter right this is it i'm gonna i'm gonna swing for it this is a home run right and there are base hitters i'm gonna get to first base once i'm in first base i'm gonna make sure i'm solidly planted here and i'm gonna figure out i'm gonna get the second base so I'm a base hitter, right? So again, is one better than the other? It depends, depends on you. What are you good at, right? What works better for you? So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. 
in in relation to what Zach asked as well, like let's say someone wants to start a business of their own, but they don't have capital and they can't even ask their family. They don't want to give the family doesn't want to give that person money or any or their friends don't want to lend them money. Do you recommend that they go corporate as well so that they can build their own capital? That's what I did, right? I went yeah. corporate as well. I wanted to. So this is something I learned in. Um, so I went to. 2016 to 2018, I went to HBS. And on my second year there, I learned that 72%, 72% of companies that survive five years, right? Which is a big landmark. Because yeah, in first really year, awesome. having drop off, yeah. if you survive five years, chances are metro okay connect. Yeah. 72% of those companies are either run by or owned by someone from that industry. And it makes sense, right? Because yeah. they know the words, they know the metrics, they know the people, they know the gaps, they know what's missing or what's oversupplied. So I kind of like that idea of going into corporate, especially an industry that you're curious about, right? If you want to learn e-com, join an e-com company and then figure it out. And you're getting paid. Pa. <laughs> Think about yeah. it. You're figuring it out. You're doing, I mean, there's integrity in the work, right? You got to do the work, learn it. And then, and then at the back of your mind, have a, have a back pocket or, or have a, uh, on your phone uh, of, of ideas that you can do. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of, you know, what we realized actually in our generation, there's a lot of people like young people who want to go straight to making a business, but they don't know anything about it. They don't have the money to do it as well. And, you know, many other factors. So that's a very good advice as well. Yeah. In the same scenario with what Miguel just said, like, let's say he has no capital. I am actually a really firm believer and it's something that I actually want. And it's a mentor. So would you rather um, go corporate or look for a mentor and tell him, hey, I'll work for you for three months for free. I'm willing to do everything three months i'll work for you for free if if the work that i put in is something that your clients now your employees now can't do then yeah hire me why not i'm i'm a big believer in mentorship um so i have 11 mentees right uh i also have three mentors um and the longest standing mentee i have the his name is gino uh, it's also from Ateneo. He heard me speak when I was when he was a freshman. Then he heard me speak again. It was the same talk. It's the same story. I can't change the story, right? When he was a junior. And what he did was he ran me down the parking lot and he said, I really resonate with your story. Uh, can, can we have coffee together? And that I go short, right? And that relationship was built. And I was more of a bouncing board to him, like a like what do you think of this? What do you think? Of he never worked for me. And to this day, we're still in touch. Uh, so he's been my mentee now. He's married now. He's a father. It's, uh, yeah, I would say it's almost 20, uh, yeah, maybe 17 years or 20 years. I'm a big fan of uh, having a mentor. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to work for them. So I don't work for my mentor. I'm, I'm a mentee as well, right? I don't work for them, but I can turn to them for what do you think of this, right? Yeah. And it's actually a true saying that I don't think a lot of people realize. Like, it's the same saying with 
coaches have coaches as well. Like let's say your fitness coach, I'm sure they also have a coach, and that same that that same scenario goes with mentors. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I have a question when it um comes to my one of my personal long term goals, which is you know generational wealth or financial freedom. What would you say is one of the best routes to you know achieve that goal right out of college because i know there's investing also you know building your assets businesses so when i was 23 years old and i was on my way to china right i was gonna live there and work there for unilever china i remember sitting down and said what am i trying to do but again going back to so one of my first principles right, is um, I will find what I seek, but if I know not what I seek, I may never find it. It could hit me in the head and I don't know that's what I'm, right? Yeah. I might not recognize it. So when I was 23, I remember sitting down in my best friend's office and I said, what am I trying to do? Where am I going? What? I'm leaving my girlfriend here. I'm going to be all alone there. What the hell? There, there, you know, there's nothing in China, right? It was 1993, right? Or very different times. And then I wrote down a, a, a target that, like when I turn 55, I want to have this much. I want to live in this place. I want to drive this car, right? I want to have back, 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 back. And I wrote it down, which leads me to my second principle that I live by in my life, which is to think, write, and tell, right? I think about it. What I really like about thinking is that it's fluid. Right, it could go here, it could go there, it could go left, it could move around. And then I write it down. What I like about writing is that once I write it down, I have to pick words, I have to pick numbers, I have to pick dates. Right. And what I like about tell is that when I tell someone about it, I don't know, but this happens to me a lot. And if it happens to you guys, even before I finish telling someone about it, I'm already self-correcting. I'm malabu, but I thought I can improve. And then I get feedback from the, from the person, right, who I shared it with. And then I go back to think, right? Then I go back to think, right? I'll think, right? So I do that on and on and on and on and on, right? So those two key principles in my life. But when I was 23, I wrote down my goal and then I reverse engineered it. It was daunting. How the heck am I going to get this? And then I reverse engineered it to every five years. 55, when I'm 50, ganito. When I'm 45, ganito. When I'm 40, ganito. When I'm 35, ganito. Then when it got to 30, I made it every other year. I was 23, diba? And when it got to 26, I made it every year. And when I broke it down to that, I go, oh, kaya to. Right? And then it also made me realize that if I stayed in Unilever and I was getting promoted fairly fast, I'm still not going to hit that goal. Right? So here I am, about to leave for China. But in my head, parang, oh my God, I can't stay here. Because if I do, no matter what I do, I'm not going to hit that. So I don't know if that helps you, but it's really about knowing what you're looking for and putting a number to it. Like when you say generational wealth, Zach, how much is that? Yeah. And if you can't... Money, yeah. Yeah. uh, How are you going to create a plan? So it's more on creating... You have your macro goals, and of course, you also have your micro goals. What are the small steps that you have to do? to achieve that big goal yeah okay so zach um you know he mentioned his long-term goals so for for you tito what's your um what what the what 
can you define success as for you in your opinion what's success wow i love that question miguel it's almost like i seeded it which we did not but i'm glad you asked it so i remember in one of my classes i think in my second year i said hey that, give me give me names of successful people right ask my class and then they gave names of people who were successful at that back in the year right and okay and i go all right guys get data and play get one fourth sheet of paper. I don't know if you guys still do that. I go, and yeah. I want you to write down how success looks like for you. Like, give me a point, an age, a time. So again, specifics, right? Give me an age that you're successful now and tell me what you're doing, how day in your life looks. Where's your office? Do you go to the office or how's that look? And you know, Miguel, the answer of each person if you can guess, it's different from the next one right. to the next one. And it was not even close to the people that we said, who are some successful people you know? Not even close, because the, the successful people named were Michael Jordan, <laughs> you know, singers, athletes, actors, tycoons, and, and yet everyone's success day a day in my successful life was nothing like that and so different from each other. So if your question to me is, how do I define success? It doesn't matter because your definition of success will be different from mine. Yeah. Uh, and it matters that you know how yours will look. Um, so to answer mine, so just, right? just to answer mine, this is very personal now. I want to live a life that matters. Um, uh, in my first year at HBS, I met an Indian classmate who... Anushai, he's one of those guys with the perfect mustache, yeah. right? And when I first met him, yeah, his name is Manu. I kept staring at it. I go, do you wake up like that? Right? Like, <laughs> um, and, and he told me that, um, you know, there are four stages. He's Hindu. There are four stages. And you can learn from anywhere, right? There are four stages in everyone's life. And the one I remember the most, he said, Jason, we're born naked. And we're going to die naked. Right. And then going back to your question, Zach, about generational wealth and security and all that. What I realized is that I don't really own anything. When I die, that's what yeah. right? I will. Yeah. That's the question of when I'm, you know, the watch I'm wearing, the car I'm driving, the house I'm living on, it's all going to go to somebody else. Right. I, I, so it becomes, what do I really own then? Right. So, my definition of success is I want to have a life that mattered, not materially, but I want I want to be a beacon of light. Uh, and I went to Savior, right? Do shut looks like yeah. let your light shine. And I remember when when I was ending our program, uh, the the head of the HBS, it's called OPM, the head of owner, president, manager. The the head of the program said, before we end, I want to leave you with two words. Right? The, third word, the first word is confidence. And I want to leave you guys with the same two words. Be confident because Ateneo has prepared you. Your parents have prepared you. Your friends have prepared you. Your experiences have prepared you. You know what you can do. So have the confidence to go out and do it. Go, risk it. If you make a mistake, say you're sorry and do it better. But, but acknowledge it. There's integrity in the work. So he, he said, go out in the world and be confident. Do what you've equipped you with it. 
And the second word he left us with is humility. But go do it with humility, right? Go do it with a learner's mindset. For me, there are two kinds of people. There's the kit and there's the lit. The kit is the know-it-all. Ah, ganito lang yan. And then the lit is the learn-it-all, right? Be a lit, be lit, right? Be, 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 be a light that shines, learn it all. Have the humility to keep learning. Have the confident, confidence to keep trying. You will make mistakes, but if you're a lit, you're gonna keep learning, you're gonna keep figuring it out and do not make the same mistake, right? Because life is like that. If you keep doing the same thing, you're gonna get, keep getting the yeah. same lesson and you're not gonna move on until you figure it out so you can get to your next lesson, right? So yeah, I want my life to matter. I want, hopefully, I, I, I really see business now that I'm at this age as a tool. I, the business I own, when I die, I'm not gonna own, I'm not gonna take it with me. Yeah. I, I, so I wanna, I want work, I want my work to be my prayer, right? I learned that from my partner, Paul, I, who I just had lunch with today that my work can be my prayer, that my work can be what I offer to God for, 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 to make other people's lives better. So in fact, in our organization, Laborum, the one word we have is better, that hopefully through the time you spend with us, and I acknowledge some people will come and go, that you can become a better accountant, a better salesperson, a better operations person. But apart from that, become a better father, a better mother, a better boyfriend, a better girlfriend, right? a better son, a better daughter, a better Filipino. So if I can do that, if I can impact people in a, in a good way and make them better versions of themselves through the work that we do, then I think Miguel, I would have lived a successful life. I like how you mentioned, um, like everyone has a different, um, like how they see success is very different for each and everyone. And I like like everything you mentioned about integrity, humility, because when I was like reading about Laborem, like those that's the values that the company upholds. And I, I like seeing that you're modeling that culture even outside the organization. So that's really great. Yeah, we take our values very seriously. And every single person who joins us, Miguel, has to have all four values. Yeah. And in return, I expect them to have it, right? Yeah. And in return, I want them to expect it from me and even hold me to a higher standard, right? Yeah. And, and make me accountable for it. Walk the talk. Yeah, for me, I just have one last question before we can wrap up. First of all, I really like what you said about creating an impact because to me, I really think entrepreneurship is and creating businesses is when you, you don't think about the money, but it's more on how how much how many lives can you impact? How much people can you, you know, put meaningful experiences and, and build relationships with these people? Um, but for my question, how are you able to um, sort of balance career and love? Because I don't know when I when I look at successful people, like, let's say, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, they're really successful. But then, well, um, at least what the media presents, like, you know, they all, you know, divorced, annulled, or like yeah. broke up with their families. And well, for me, I want to be successful, you know, obviously in money, because that's how I'll, I'll build freedom. But I also want to be rich in my relationships with people, because I think that's more meaningful. 
And with becoming successful, I really think you have to grind all the time and work day in and day out. But then how were you able to, you know, give time to your relationships? Oh, I love that question. I'm glad you asked it. You guys ask really great questions, huh? You guys are good at this. It's a club. So I created the decision matrix, Zach, where I will make decisions in this order of priority. First is God. I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. And then as a husband. And then as a father. And then for my family. And then for my friends. And then for my work. So I will make decisions based on that order. And that is the order of priority by which what, what is important to me, right? So it's God and then my wife. I, I want to serve my wife. I want to make her ha- live a good, happy life. I, I can't be responsible for her happiness because she's got a part to play in it. I can't do everything. But I don't, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the language of love. Like there's the bus for some people, it's words. For some people, it's touch. For some people, it's time. For some people, it's gestures, right? So my wife's language of love is time. So one of the things I learned from Paul English, uh, the founder of Kayak. I don't know if you guys know Kayak. So Ganunden, he has so, so many companies, founded three NGOs and working in a startup. He color-coded his calendar where you know work is a color, personal is a color, family is a color. He only has three colors. I have five colors. And then in one week, I can see if I'm living a balanced life. If it's all work color, then that means I'm doing something wrong. So I, in that one snapshot, I can see, right? And, but I will make decisions based on that. So this last point on this, my wife's language of love is time. So every morning from five, I'm a, I'm a part of the 5 a.m. club. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Um, from 5 to 7.30 is my time with my wife. Everyone's asleep, it's just us. And then every day at 5.30 p.m., finished or not finished, I stop work. And then I go back to my wife because I want to have time with her. And then every meal is with my family. So I can make cuento, how's your day? So even before the pandemic, I would always come home for dinner, even if I had a function. I would go to the function and then leave the function, come home, eat dinner, 30, 40 minutes, and then go back to the function. And you know, a lot of times, Miguel, Zach, they don't even know I left. Yeah, really? They're not, they're, oh, oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> I really like the the decision matrix that you mentioned because I remember I had a conversation with one of my good friends, Andres. Uh, we were having lunch one day and we were talking about like the like the stuff that are important in our lives and what we prioritize. And then I remember we were having that conversation and it was like for me personally, it was God. At this point of my at this point of my uh, my time, so it's God, family, and then health and then work. So that was the that was my matrix, and I think that's something that the listeners should also take and try to do. Like, look for something, uh, list down your priorities, and then you, that way you can balance it out. And then every day you can feel full, you can feel fulfilled if you actually follow that matrix. So I think that's really good. If if I can add, uh, Miguel, because you say feel every day. Yeah, yeah I've, I've adopted, especially with this whole pandemic, right? I've adopted that mindset that. I want, to, I want each day to matter. Yeah. And if this is the last thing I'm going to say to my wife, if it's the last thing I'm going to say to Joanna or to Javi or to Pokin, how would that be, right? So 
I want to, I want each day to be a great, good, great day. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And the yeah, saying is true. That. And the saying is really true. Like life is actually very short and you don't know when your last day is. So you have to make each day matter and you should make each day worthwhile. Tell the people that you love, that you love them and, you know, create, uh, keep building relationships with people because that's what the, what's truly important. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So yes, um, Jason, this has been a very amazing, wonderful episode. I learned yeah. so much. I gained so much value from you. But you know, to wrap everything up, what is one advice that you would like to give someone who is aspiring to be an entrepreneur, a businessman, or or advice, any advice in general, you know, for life? Yeah, one lang talaga eh. One. I think if, if I had to pick one right now at this very moment, it would be think now of the person you want to become. Think about it, write it down, and tell someone about it. And once and then once you, you know, go back to thinking, writing, and telling, and then work your way towards being that person. Right? Whether it's a path to entrepreneurship, how many businesses you want to have, creating generational wealth, prioritizing actually, but write it out who who are you trying to become every single day as you take a step what's what direction are you taking that step towards and if you know what you're looking for going back to one my first principle if you know what you're seeking you will find it you will find it but if you don't know what you're seeking there's so many people i know in this life na parang, yeah <laughs> I hate my job. I hate my job. I hate them. Did you just wake up and realize it now? You know, you kind of need to know five steps away how that's going to look so that it's how you want it to look. Right? Because you can't, don't play the, there's two kinds of people, right? Lifters and leaners. Leaners are people who just want to complain, complain, complain. And lifters are people, come on, let's do something, right? So, don't complain. Figure it out and walk. Walk. Let's walk this way because this is the person we're trying to become. Yeah, I love that advice. It's really good. Yeah. yeah, I also really like how you said to you know note down on who you want to become. Because that's what I actually did also earlier this quarantine. I was writing down all my goals, all my long term goals. And I would like read it out every morning, or I'd look at it like my vision board. And I think that that constant practice actually, you know helps me take one step towards it, even if it's just a small step. Because I think if you just keep it in your mind all the time, it'll affect the decisions that you do every day. Like if it's in your head, oh, I want to be this person, then, oh, should you play a video game or watch a movie or should you like, you know, work? So I think that's- Or listen to a podcast or your clubhouse, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, yeah. Like to everyone listening, <laughs> would you rather listen to music or listen to the clubhouse and like learn so much values? Right? <laughs> but yeah, like also me, yeah, I I also like one of the values I always uphold in my daily life is to always think long term. And when thinking long term, you get to strategize and plan what you want to do, what you want to be, and everything. Like you'll be able to at least you have a clear path. And in case that path goes wrong, at least you plan for it, and you can in case you go sideways, it's still okay. Yeah. 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 And then oh, one yes. last thought about time, right? God is so fair that he gave Bill Gates 
right? Mark Zuckerberg, Zach, and Miguel, 24 hours a day. Yeah. Seven days a week. You're all equal. They don't have more time than you. Right? So we all have the same. It's a that's why every time somebody says, I don't have time, man. Yeah. It's a choice, right? <laughs> yeah. A choice. Yeah. How much time did you spend on Instagram or TikTok or eating or sleeping or what, whatever, right? And figure it out, right? Yeah. That's one of the things that we always remind the Clubhouse listeners, like learn how to manage your time wisely. You have to manage your time wisely. And that's why list down your priorities. And from there, yeah, you can start. And listen to listen to uh, Zach and Miguel's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. So, Jason, this has been an amazing episode. One of my favorite ones by far, by a landslide for sure. (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much for your time thank you so much for joining us here i really appreciate it yeah thank you so much i'm gonna make a shameless plug uh any of you out there if you want to work with us visit our website laborum come work with us for for a bit for a long time if you want to make an impact yeah let's work together yeah Love check that. it out yeah and tito um we also actually also ask where people can find you in case they want to yeah reach out LinkedIn. linkedin would be the best way message me there i'm yeah, we'll I, also... I spend more time on linkedin combined uh more time on linkedin than facebook and instagram combined yeah we'll all also right. add uh, your your linkedin in our posts all right yeah. sounds good yeah thank you so much uh jason for your time and everything and to everyone listening to the clubhouse if you guys love this episode, don't forget to share it to your friends and families. If you guys know anyone who's an aspiring to be a businessman or entrepreneur, then this episode will definitely help them out. And to everyone listening, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube and our Spotify. Again, my name is Miguel Mendoza. And I'm Zach Pena. See you all next week for another exciting episode. It's with Kula Desma for all you future musicians, vocalists, artists. Artists. For sure, you'd want to listen to that one.